It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Now, here's your host, Casey Hendrickson. Good morning, everybody. I want to thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. You're listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Of course, I got the guys from Corhorn Financial Group, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory joining us today. Also, have a new sponsor powered by Ledoux, Curran, and Keen. Wise Money deserves wise legal counsel on the web at lck-law.com. So, very interesting program today. We're in the uh, Christmas season, end of the year, and of course, that means end of the year finances. Dealing with your whole financial picture at the end of the year, and uh, so we're going to go over that. Now, this is a pretty big, broad topic, so we may not have a chance to get to a lot of listener questions today. We're going to do our best to do it, uh, but this is obviously a pretty big topic, so there's a good chance that we might uh, be talking a little bit longer than normal as a result of that, but we're still hoping to get to some of those questions later in the show. You can still always submit your question by calling us at 574-222-2000, leave a voicemail, or you can get information about the show, listen to previous podcasts, and of course, submit your question online at wisemoneyradio.com. So, Mike... Why is December so different, man? What is it about December that we need to get our finances in order? Well, no doubt your life has probably operated like mine really since Thanksgiving and that it's being run by the mother of all to-do lists, right? You've got to buy this gift for this person, this gift for that person. You've got to hang up Christmas decorations by this time, go to this Christmas party here, oh, your work Christmas party here or the in-laws. And you know, my worst of all is even plans for New Year's Eve. I'd rather just sit around in sweatpants this year uh, watching football. But anyway, you've got this huge to-do list that you've got to take care of. Is there a list like this in your financial life, but one that maybe you're not even paying attention to? There's actually a ton of stuff that you should be focused on in your finances as we approach the end of the year. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's an extremely important show. We're going to hit a lot of variety, but it's going to be something for everyone, something for this financial to-do list before year end that maybe you're not operating off of. Maybe you don't even know exists. We're going to talk about those things today. Well, and if we were to organize that by going through the six areas of financial planning, as we've often Uh, cited in the past, I think you have to begin a year-end planning discussion around the area of taxes. Because a lot of what we'll talk about today, it's good stuff that you need to get in by the end of the year. Maybe you have some time off work and you'll be able to focus on stuff. But if it's spilled over to January, for example, it's not the end of the world. Except on taxes. Exactly. Uh, On taxes, this is where you actually have some hard deadlines on some of the planning things. And the, the first one that I would throw out there personally is the idea of doing a Roth conversion. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that uh, we're big promoters of the idea of using a Roth IRA in your financial life to save for retirement. It allows you to save tax-free. And we've often said that there's two ways to get money into a Roth IRA. One is to make a contribution out of money that you've earned this calendar year. The other is to do a conversion, to take IRA money that's already been saved, but you've never uh, never paid tax on it, and convert that or move it into a Roth IRA. The first one I mentioned, you have until April to get that one done. But you can't make too much money. There's an income limit as to whether you can even do that, but... Absolutely. So the, the other, though, is the time-sensitive one that we want you to be considering before the end of the year. That's the Roth conversion. This is where you take money um, out of the IRA, transfer it into the Roth, 
And in doing so, you're actually choosing to pay tax on money now. So a lot of a lot of the tax planning tips that we're going to talk about are all about finding good uh, deductions, ways to reduce your income. But this is one that actually increases your income. It's a good good point to to yeah. recognize that we're actually suggesting that you intentionally pay earlier, pay now while you know you're in a low tax bracket, and save taxes in the future, presumably in retirement when you're in a higher one. Yeah, but the big question is, how would I decide how much to convert? Well, to, to me, this, this would be a good reminder of why it's so important to be proactive in your tax planning. You have to run a forecast of what your tax picture is going to look like. We call them tax projections. It's really where your CPA and your financial advisor get their heads together and try to plan out where are you going to fall this calendar year from a tax standpoint, and are there any tax planning opportunities like this one? To, to consider. Yeah, this time of year is actually very busy for our office because we've got a CPA firm as well as a full financial planning firm. We're running these projections for folks, these forecasts, if you will, like Josh said, uh, really from probably September until the end of the year, trying to forecast where people are going to be with their taxes, with their income by year end, and whether something like this idea uh, that Josh mentioned, a Roth conversion actually makes sense. Well, if you were going to highlight who who does this make sense for, I, I would point out a couple groups. One, if you know that you're in the 15% tax bracket, or by doing a, a tax projection, you realize that you're going to be in the 15% bracket, that's a low bracket. You can pay taxes, uh, a little bit of taxes now, and hopefully uh, avoid a whole lot uh, more taxes in the future. But here's another group of people, and I, I say this somberly, but if you're someone who lost a spouse this year, someone who uh, for the first time this year, you're going to be filing a tax return by yourself. This will be, uh, in, in many cases, the last opportunity you have to file a joint tax return. And if in the future you'll file an individual tax return, you just need to know that your tax picture will change when that transition happens. And so it's very possible that now is your window of time to do this Roth conversion, to pay taxes now while you're in on a joint tax return and avoid paying in the future at presumably higher uh, tax brackets. Yeah, and certainly another group that would be considered here is if I am well into my retirement and my income has settled down and I'm excited about paying very little in income taxes because that's a possible scenario, I need to look because I've seen situations where clients were paying zero in income taxes because they're various forms of income. They weren't paying taxes on it. They weren't being taxed on their Social Security. And really, if you're a joint filer, you should pay at least $1,800 of federal taxes. And again, the idea is to pay more tax in a lower bracket than it is to say, hey, we just get really excited about uh, sending money downrange to the federal government. But we want to make sure that we're doing planning because if grandma and grandpa don't take that retirement money out and pay taxes on it now, when they're done with that, if they've never paid taxes on it, the kids or the grandkids are going to pay taxes on it and likely at a much higher bracket. Yeah. Right, because they'll presumably be uh, still working, uh, possibly. So any money that they inherit from an IRA could get thrown on top of their paychecks and push them into a higher bracket. So I'm glad you brought that one up, Kevin, because a lot of people do get really excited about a tax year <laughs> where they pay nothing, right? Mm -hmm. But we would actually see that as a missed opportunity. Yeah, and for sure, the, and there's a couple of 
great things about this. One is if you're working with your team, so you've got your CPA and your financial planner and you do a projection and you decide, hey, I need to convert 10000 or 20000 from my IRA to my Roth IRA. This is one of the few things that you can do after the fact planning. So if I converted 20000 from IRA to Roth IRA before the end of the year and on 1231, I got a bonus from my employer that really messed up all my planning, I can do what's called a recharacterization before I file my taxes and undo what I didn't want to do. So yeah. that conversion needs to be done before 1231. But if you get up and you're filing your taxes in the spring and you realize, oh, I don't like that result, you can undo it via a recharacterization. So we've spent all this time talking about one idea to do before the end of the year. That's the Roth, that's the Roth conversion. I've got a couple others. One is charitable contributions. Yes. You need to be in by the beginning of the year. I actually have a pile of clothes next to my bed for Goodwill. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> my wife loves it, actually, when she walks by that pile of clothes every day. No, I've got to make sure to get that to, to, to Goodwill before the end of the year. I actually had a client, a close friend of mine. She runs her own business, and she makes a donation off of the profits from her business. She had this big check she was going to give away last year. And whoops, didn't get around to doing it until the first week in January. Missed out on all that mm. deduction because those contributions, that charitable contribution needs to be in by 1231. Okay, so here's a tip for all of you living in Indiana. Indiana has one of the coolest ways that you can really multiply your charitable giving. I'm talking about people who donate money to an Indiana college or, u- or university. And the, the way this works is if you give $200 to, uh, you know, your alma mater or a school that you support, the state of Indiana will let you take up to $100 off your Indiana tax bill. Yep. It's, a, it's a tax credit. This is not a write-off. This is money in your pocket. It's directly reducing your tax bill. Same thing for your spouse. If they donated another $200, it could be another $100 off your tax bill on your state return. Um, and, and that's all on top of the normal uh, write-offs that people get on their federal returns when they give money to a charity. So th- there's a lot of folks out there. If you're in the 25% tax bracket and you donated together with your spouse a total of 400 bucks to a local university, it may only cost you out of pocket 100 bucks. Yeah. See, that's I, huge. I thought when you were talking about how great Indiana is, I thought you were going to talk about the 529 plan, which that's we've big. talked about on the show a few a few other times. But you've got to make that 529 contribution. It's got to be, the deposit has to be in the account by 1231. That's a change they made last year. It's mm-hmm. got to be in the account by, by 1231. You get a 20% state tax credit. Now, it's not refundable, so you've got to be paying some state tax. But it's a 20% state tax credit on the first 5000 that you contribute. And so you've got to do that before the end of the year to get those goodies. Yep. Put 5000 in, get 1000 back on your state tax return. It's a fabulous deal. And as long as we're talking about giving, you can give uh, $14,000 to as many individuals as you would like and not have any kind of gift tax. Oh, there you go. And so I would, as you're looking and you're planning for your future and future transitions, based upon your wealth, you may want to do some giving. And if charity starts at home, some grandparents might want to give gifts to their adult children. Their adult children might want to fund their 529 plan or their Roth IRA. Another gift that I would look at is if I've got any of God's money left in my bank account, I need to gift that money to my church. 
giving cash is a great way to go, but even an even better way is if you have highly appreciated securities, give those directly to your church, let your church sell them. They won't pay any taxes on the capital gains and everyone wins. Absolutely. You know, I would throw out one other time sensitive piece here. Uh, Opening up, if you uh, have at work a high deductible health insurance plan and it is eligible for a health savings account and you haven't funded that yet, you really have up until April to get that done, but the account has to be open before the end of the year. So if you have a moment to at least get the account opened and then you can contribute to it after the fact, uh, you can decide later how much to add, but get the account open is the time sensitive piece. Yep. And our last tip is to penalty-proof your return. So if you owe, pay in enough to avoid an underpayment penalty. So prepay uh, 90% of this year's tax bill or 100 to 110% of last year's tax bill. Okay, so on that note, what is the worst of all tax uh, penalties out there? Required minimum distribution. For those of you that are over age 70 and a half, you now have to pull money out of your IRA, your retirement account, and if you don't, it's a 50% penalty, so don't miss that one. Can we get a, more, a little more time here, Casey? No, I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid we can't. This is, this is the reason at the beginning of the show, we said there's a lot coming at Absolutely. you, and we may not have the most time in the world to get to some of the listener questions, and we still have a ton to get to. Again, end of the year, finances is what we're talking about here on Wise Money with Corum Financial Group. We'll be back with Kevin and Mike and Josh from Corum Financial Group here on Wise Money with Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Welcome back. Once again, you're listening to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson here. You're listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, Josh Gregory are joining us. We're talking about your end-of-the-year finances. Now, segment one was a bit like you're in the Millennium Falcon and you're heading off into uh, light speed, right? We, we understand that. There, here's here's the reason that, that this is important. You have a lot to do by the end of the year. And most people don't get it done. Most people don't remember all of it. Most people don't think about all of it. This is one of those reasons you need a financial planner. This is why this is so important. Because a lot of you are going, oh my gosh, I thought I just had to buy presents and make sure I was stocked up on alcohol for New Year's. If that's your thing. Uh, but no, there's a lot more to it. Your financial picture is really important when you come to the end of the year, and not everybody thinks about all of this stuff or, or knows about it or is able to uh, to get it done. So you need a financial planner. Corhorn.com, if you would like the guys at uh, Corhorn Financial Group to be that financial planner, that's Corhorn with a K. And uh, we're just going to, yeah, why don't we just dive into insurance and protection planning, Kevin, because this is something that people need to do, and, and how does this relate to their insurance coverage before the end of the year? Great question, Casey. There's a lot... Uh- of consideration to put into the area of protection planning. Again, protection planning is one of the six areas of financial planning. And one of the things that I would lead off with, which may not be high on everyone's radar, but look at long-term care and what kind of provisions you've made to pay for the medical expenses that you'll have in retirement that your medical insurance doesn't cover. And so some people want to live with that risk and some people want to transfer that risk. If they transfer that risk, you're looking at long-term care. Now, the state of Indiana has a fabulous plan where if you buy the right amount of long-term care insurance protection, 
you will have total asset protection. That's the good news. The bad news is, is that that number ratchets up by 5% every year. So if you look at that, every year that you're older, the cost goes up. And every year that you're older, the amount that you need to purchase goes up. So if you're anywhere between 45 and 65, you really want to work with your financial planner to get educated on long-term care and make some strategic decisions as to whether I'm going to live with this risk or transfer that risk. You know, if I was going to throw out another idea related to your insurance I would say something, uh, a reminder to you to not leave on the table some of the preventative care that's built into your health insurance. You know, a lot of people's uh, insurance at work, it allows for them to do an annual physical or to see a doctor once a year, and it's really no cost to them. And they they just never do it. I, I was speaking for myself. I had to go shopping for a doctor because I never go and they drop me as a patient. I and dropped you as a patient. You you did? <laughs> I would. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. But, uh, it, you know, your health is actually really an important part of your own financial planning. And, you know, not to be a financial advisor preaching about health concerns, but when it comes to uh, being able to reach retirement and have a good quality of life, it's not just about making sure that your wealth will last as long as it needs to. It's also your health that needs to last as long as it needs to. And often it's health that prevents you from being able to work as long as you really otherwise should or could. Uh, health concerns are often the reason why people retire sooner than they're ready. And because of that, they're permanently hampered in their retirement outlook, all because of either their own health or maybe a spouse's health. The thing I would just add in here is a lot of companies are changing their health insurance plans. And so if you've gone through the open enrollment at your company and you now switch to an HSA or your company switched their plan, just make sure you know what prescriptions you're on and what doctors you go to and whether your change of coverage or your, the new plan that you're on still fits appropriately with those potential uh, you know, uh, services that you need. Yeah, and if you have a high deductible health plan that is HSA eligible, one tip that we would encourage people to consider is funding that HSA via payroll deduction. Absolutely. Instead mm -hmm. of writing a check directly into your HSA, what that does is save you the 7.65 on the FICA tax, and that that can be about 500 bucks if you put seven grand into your plan. So it, it can be meaningful. And we also have a plan here, uh, which is an HSA, but we also have a service that comes with that plan that will help us shop, and they will actually shop for, you know, if I need an x-ray, where's the cheapest place to go get an x-ray? If I need prescriptions, where's the cheapest place to oh, get cool. the prescriptions? So not everybody offers that, but, you know, ask if your company offers that because that would be a tremendous service, and it's usually free of charge. Uh, it's just a, a perk that comes with some companies. Not everybody has it, but if you do, it's a tremendous service. Uh, so what about your investments? Are there some things that people need to do with their investments before the end of the year, Mike? Yeah, so this one also touches taxes a little bit. We're geeks like that. But if you're in the 15% tax bracket or lower and you've got some investments that have capital gains in them, you should consider harvesting, they call that, or selling some of those. Because if you're in the 15% or lower tax bracket, you pay 0% for capital gains. Now, we'll pay state tax on that, so you need to plan for that. But how the capital gains tax works, it's based off of your actual tax bracket, your highest tax bracket. So if you're 15% or less, you should consider selling some 
assets that you have that have capital gains because you won't pay any tax, federal tax on those. Uh, if you're over the 15% tax bracket, then those will be at 15%. So I would say capital gain harvesting, even capital loss harvesting. This hasn't been a wonderful year of investing. If you've got some dollars that have uh, that are at a loss, that you've lost uh, some money on that, and they're not in an IRA or Roth IRA or tax sheltered, and you want that deduction on your taxes, you've got to sell, you got to make that trade to sell that investment before the end of the year. And then finally, I'd mention on the uh, on what to do with investing before the end of the year is decide now what you're going to do if we face some volatility in the markets next year. Decide now before you get into the emotional uh, aspect of that. Casey, I was on your show earlier mm-hmm. in, the, in the, the fall when China's market was crashing and the U.S. was crashing. Decide now what you're going to do. If something like that happens in 2016, we've got the election. We still have global unrest. We obviously have the, uh, the other kind of crisis and tensions and um, all that stuff going on. So it's likely going to be a volatile year in the market. Decide now what you're going to do. Stay the course. Or what adjustments do you need to do now? I would add another twist to that advice. That was great advice, by the way. Um, I would schedule now when you're going to intentionally sit down and review your investments next year. And I, I tell clients all the time, I only give myself two windows of opportunity each year to make changes within my portfolio. And I do that intentionally. It's really to protect my investments from myself, so to speak. Um, If you give yourself windows of time, maybe in January and July, for example, and you said, this is when I will revisit my investments, make sure that what I have in place fits for the long term, then you'll be less likely to have the wrong response to those very things that you were just uh, referring to, Mike. So, you know, Protect uh, your own behavior, I guess. Uh, Plan your own behavior when it comes to investments, and I would schedule it. Put it on the calendar. Very good. All right, so we've got a lot more to get to. Again, it's looking a little bit less like we're going to get to listener questions today, guys. Hopefully we can do it. We're going to try. And again, if you have any more questions, go to wisemoneyradio.com. Of course, you can listen to previous shows at wisemoneyradio.com. You can also submit your question right there online, get more information about the show. You can also leave us a voicemail at 574-222-2000 if you prefer to leave your question via voicemail. We've got more coming up with Wise Money with Corin Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Welcome back once again. You're tuned in to Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, Josh Gregory joining me. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson, and we are talking about your end-of-the-year financial picture. It is Christmas season, and believe it or not, uh, December, especially uh, December 31st, that's a deadline for a lot of stuff that is very, very important. But you also want to start looking at what you're going to be doing in the early part of next year. And so what about your retirement plan? Is there something that people need to know about that they need to get done before the end of the year when it, when it comes to uh, retirement? I would start off by saying you got to know whether you still qualify for some of the unique Social Security 
claiming strategies that just changed in November. When Congress signed the budget deal to raise the debt ceiling and all of that. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong show. Wrong show, guys. My apologies. Uh, they also closed, they, they made some of the biggest changes to Social Security in 15 years. They closed two loopholes, the file and suspend strategy and the restricted application strategy. So they closed those, but not immediately. They phase in. So you've got, if you... Uh, if you turn 66 before April of 16 of 2016, you could still do the file and suspend strategy. If you turn 62 before the end of this year, you could still do the restricted application. So you should figure out, well, are those options still available to you? And then do they make sense? You know, I think we should also, you know, treat this as an opportunity to remind people that when it comes to retirement and scheduling your retirement, Maybe we're, you're entering the home stretch here. You've got a year left or maybe you'll finish at the end of a school year or something. Now is the time to be sitting down and making sure that you are on pace and ready for that goal. So if you haven't done the heavy lifting, the hard work of verifying your readiness for retirement, then get help. Seek uh, out a financial advisor that you can trust and uh, sit down, crunch the numbers and know for sure that you're ready for this goal. Yeah, make sure that there's not any sacrifice that's required or any unnecessary sacrifice that you're doing right now. Kind of the Goldilocks approach. Am I saving too much? Am I saving too little? Or am I saving just the right amount? And when you look at saving, one of the places that most people save is into some sort of a tax-deferred retirement plan. This is a good time when you talk about scheduling things to have it scheduled to rebalance your portfolio. The neat thing with a lot of the 401ks out there now is that the software will automatically rebalance for you, whether it's a quarterly, semi-annual, annual basis, whatever it is. But rebalancing is an important part of the, the, the oldest adage in investing, which is buy low and sell high. So when you rebalance, you're selling high and buying low. It's a lot easier when you're talking about a retirement plan because there aren't tax implications that go with that. Now, with your non-retirement accounts, rebalancing can be a little trickier, and that's where we talk about the tax planning stuff. So here's a big one for people this time of year. They're already depressed because they spent too much money. They're already depressed because they ate too much, and they're starting to think about the resolutions that they are undoubtedly not going to fulfill in the next year. Amen. So we've got to talk about the big elephant in the room, the PFP, or PIF, personal financial position. Uh, so Mike... Uh, talk about things that people must do with their personal financial position by the end of the year. Let me tell you a quick story about my first Christmas being married. When I grew up, as Was I grew up, bad too. I'm sorry again. <laughs> another show. My, yeah, my apologies. Show. When I grew up, uh, Christmas, you know, we we were just fine. I think I shared with you guys before that both my parents grew up kind of in in poverty, and that really helped shape who I am financially. And growing up, we were just fine. And Christmas was was just fine. We had gifts, not a ton of gifts, but we we had gifts, and it was really a time to get together. However, on my wife's side of the family, they were very generous at Christmas, and they splurged and and gave lots of gifts to lots of people. And so our first Christmas together, I was well, and I'm also financially uh, a little off anyway, conservative. Cheapskate, Cheapskate, I think, is the word you're, you're looking right. for there. That's the right word. Uh, and so I'm trying to hoard the dollars, and she's trying to spend and give and all those good things. And so what we did after that experience, because it did make it kind of awful, uh, some tension that didn't need to be there, is at, right after that, we got discipline and built the annual budget for that year. 
And, you know, at the beginning of the year, maybe you're seeing that you've got a cost of living increase or a raise and you're planning your year about vacations and other things that you want to do. That's the perfect time to get on the same page with your spouse and build that annual budget. And what we did is we implemented one of the things we've talked about on the show before, the delayed spending account. So we decided at that time, literally the end of the year, our first year getting married, decided what we were going to do with Christmas next year. And we started setting money aside for Christmas, but for vacations and other things every single week, a small amount. And so when those things came up, when Christmas came up the next year, we just had the money. I honestly take out cash on November 1st every year, budgeted uh, that we've already budgeted and set aside. And that's the Christmas budget. And we do that for vacations and other things too. So that's the, that's the big elephant in the room. Use this time of resolutions and also excitement about the year to come to get on track with your budget. Absolutely. And and, Go ahead, Josh. Well, I was just going to say there's two times that I often encourage people to rework their budget. One is the beginning of the year. It's a fresh start to a new year. But also anytime there's a material change in your financial life, whether that's more income coming in or less, or a big change in your expenses and you need to rework where you're directing dollars. So often that is the beginning of a new year that those types of things are happening. So I, I love the advice uh, that you're, you're given there, Mike and Kevin. Yeah, sure. And at the beginning of the year, a lot of times there's some energy to make resolutions or make changes. One of the things that I would encourage you to think about is how would you simplify your financial life? What are the things that exist in your financial life that shouldn't exist in the future? And get rid of those things. A simple one, a very simple one, is just a bank account. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about a pet that costs way too much money. (laughs) No? I was going with lottery tickets again. Oh, okay. Because that's my my fallback on everything. Yes. So, no, it's not a pet. It's not a lottery ticket. It's a bank account. So, I've met with lots of folks that have bank accounts at maybe three different banks, and really, when, when you look at that, if you don't deal with that in your lifetime, when, you're, when you leave this earth, the people you leave behind are going to have to deal with that. And one of, the, one of the drawbacks, I just had a client that I met with, and she had some emotional connection to an account at a local credit union. And that was not a, a mutual thing because the credit union didn't have the same love for her that she had for the credit union. The credit union actually took her account about 1500 bucks and sent it to Indiana unclaimed. Now they had supposedly sent her a letter or this or that or the other thing. So if you're not real strong administratively, that stuff might sneak past you. And all of a sudden the account that you thought you had down the street at the credit union that you've had since you were 18, cause that was the, where you put your money when you got your first job, but you never really used that institution. What I would tell people, close those accounts, simplify your life, get it down to one. As long as you're not giving up anything substantial, simplify. Basically, what Kevin is saying is that don't be loyal to any bank because they're not loyal to you. None of them, 100% of them, hate your guts. That's what you said, man. I'm That's just... a loose paraphrase. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think a lot of people realize that a bank can just decide to break up with you. Yeah. They, and they... you didn't you didn't do anything wrong. I mean, we're not talking like nope. you're in the negative all the time or anything. You're just humming along and whatever. You've got a little account there. I don't think people realize that a bank can just like, yeah, they're not making us a lot of money. We don't want them here. Yeah, and I think actually to... Uh, I never thought I would hear myself defending these institutions, but really to their defense, I think they're governed by a set of rules that says you can't have this stuff just sitting here. You've got to do something with it, but they send a letter or two and it's done. 
All right, so we've got a lot of stuff that uh, we still have to get to. Estate planning is obviously a big one that we want to get to before the end of the program. If you have any questions, please go to wisemoneyradio.com, and you can submit a question right there online. You can also give us a call at 574-222-2000 and leave us a voicemail if you prefer to leave your question that way. And again, you can listen to all the previous shows and everything else at wisemoneyradio.com. So we've got more Wise Money with Core and Financial Group coming up. You're listening to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Once again, you're listening to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory joining us. By the way, new sponsor, guys, powered by Ledoux, Curran, and Keen. Wise Money deserves wise legal counsel on the web at lck-law.com. So we left off here. we got to talk about uh, estate planning. This is always a big one, especially at the end of the year. So what do people need to know about estate planning before they get to January? I think it's it's just another reminder, another opportunity or interval in your life where it's good to dust off your existing estate planning documents. If you have wills in place or powers of attorney, uh, documents where you've named someone else to play a certain role in your life or or after you pass away, make sure that those people are still appropriate. You know, if, if you're a parent of young children and you've named someone who would take over the parenting responsibilities if you and your spouse were tra- tragically killed unexpectedly, um, you know, make sure that the people that you have listed are still um the, the, the right people for the job, I guess. Yeah, I would give Mark Cronitti a call over that over at Ledoux, Kieran and Keene. We've worked with him for a while. He's great. He helps people with these elections all the time. I would say the same thing. This is a time of year where you're reflecting on the cool stuff that happened in 2014 and maybe your hopes for 2016. And you might realize snuck in there are some pretty big life transitions or life events that probably cause you to update your estate plan or get a new one in place. Jared Miller, one of the financial advisors, one of the great financial advisors on our team at our office, just announced the other day that he and his wife are expecting their first baby uh, in June of 2016. And so, but to, to me... I think, okay, well, Jared's going to need a new estate plan next year. So he should start that relationship, give Mark Cornetti a call now, and get that process started. Yeah, I think when you think about estate planning, that might not be a 1231 deadline. But again, this is the time of the year when you start thinking about these things. And if you are start thinking about estate planning right now, wherever you are, and you say, I haven't updated my estate plan within the last five years, it's probably time to dust that thing off and give it a look. Because if you've gotten married, if you've gotten divorced, if you lost a spouse, if you had children who were minors, who are no longer minors, some some folks have children that their will used to deal with what happens if mom and dad die and who's going to take care of the kids. And these are kids that now could be named as contingents as a power of attorney or to make certain end-of-life decisions for mom and dad. So there's, there's uh, as life goes on, these things need to be revisited and updated and changed. Oh, man. I sure hope Jared already told everyone about being pregnant. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but you just told his mother-in-law that she's going to be a grandmother. Hey, there's Jared Miller is a common name. You don't know who I'm talking there's about. There's lots you've, of Jared Millers out there. You've got a little time before this one airs. I might okay. have a conversation with her. Good, good idea. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. 
<laughs> I hope that's not actually what's going on here, but that would be that'd be interesting. Okay, so uh, are we trying to uh, do listener questions now, or did, am I missing something? We want to hit William? Yeah, I think that... Uh, we th- wanted to ask the question about, uh, you know, last comments for the show or whatever. Yeah. Summarize. Yeah, I'm, okay. I mean, you know, we're dealing, obviously, you got the financial, you know, end, end of, of year. So, I mean, what's what's the basic takeaway? Because we didn't get to everything. I mean, that's important that everybody understand. I know that we threw a lot at people today, and some of your heads are probably spinning. But during every break here, we're like, we missed this, we missed this, we missed this. So there's a lot that still needs to be covered. We just don't have the time. So what's the the takeaway here? Well, Casey, the takeaway probably is that the those of us who are talking on the radio right now, we eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. And so we're able to help our clients in the six areas of financial planning. And if you've got a great formal written financial plan, congratulations. If you've got a relationship with a financial planner who does financial planning, that's awesome. But if you ask me what's a takeaway from this show, it's that this is this is complicated. And you say, well, what am I preparing for? Am I preparing to just grab the sled and uh, go over to Knollwood and go down a couple of the hills on the golf course? Or am I preparing to ascend and descend Mount Everest? And I'd say it's a lot closer to going up and down Mount Everest than it is to just, hey, let's go sledding this afternoon. Given that complexity in people's financial lives, and again, I'm biased as a financial planner, but I say everyone needs a financial planner. They need that Sherpa that can walk with them up and down the mountain and make sure they avoid the pitfalls and the potential hazards that would wipe someone out and prevent them from getting where they want to go, but also make sure that people can ascend to the, to the financial heights that they uh, desire to ascend to. And a lot of times people wonder, well, it should how do I approach this? And I say, well, give us a call, go Go online, do a Google search, find a financial planner that does financial planning. Make sure that financial planner could tell you what the six areas of financial planning are. We're biased, so we'd say make sure that that financial planner acts as a fiduciary on your behalf. Fiduciary is a 50-cent word, and it's somewhat complicated, so I'd say, well, look that up or ask uh, whoever you're talking to, hey, is this a fiduciary relationship? Are you looking out for my best interests, or is it? Is this, we're just working on suitability here. So let, there's a lot to it, but I would say give us a call or touch base with your financial advisor and make sure you've got a plan that's updated. Now, it's Corhorn.com. That's Corhorn with a K. But what's the uh, the office number? They want to give you a call. Yeah, it's 574-247-5898. We have William. Now, William says that my wife will be approved for Social Security Disability with Medicare benefits. Our hearing with the administrative judge was last week. Our lawyer expects everything to start around the first of the year. I'm still empo- I'm still employed. Excuse me. Should my wife stay covered under my employer's insurance in addition to Medicare through Social Security? There will also be a lump sum of back pay. Oh, William, I am sorry that you guys are going through this. I'm glad that you guys got approved for Social Security disability, but man, I am sorry. I am dealing with this in my family right now and have actually dealt with this this year with clients. So my heart goes out to you, buddy. Uh, but let me tell you the process that we went through, the, the one with my client, who's also a great friend of mine. Gosh, 19 years ago, he was given a year to live and he's still around. And so, but it's taken its toll on him. So here's what we did. Here's the process we went through. We first figured out when he would be eligible for Medicare. Now, you mentioned in your question that your wife would be, but usually it takes two years after you've been on Social Security to be eligible for Medicare. So I don't know what her age is and all of that, but you'd want to make sure that she is eligible for Medicare. 
Second, what we did is sat down with Ted Foster. He's been on the show a couple of times. He's our Medicare expert. And we talked about a few things. First is what options he had. Was he eligible to stay on his wife's uh, plan, uh, employer plan? Was he eligible for Medicare? What were his choices? Second, what were his needs? So prescriptions and all of that stuff. And then finally, is what's the cost difference? And for him, that took three meetings. It was, a, it was a thorough process. Took three meetings, and the ultimate decision was, hey, for now, it's cheaper because the coverage was similar. It's cheaper to stay on your spouse's group policy at work. So don't sign up for Medicare Part B. That process or, or, or that uh, result may be different for you, but that's my answer to your question, is to go through that process with a Medicare expert. Look at what the coverage options are, what the coverage differences would be, and what the cost differences would be. And again, Ted Foster, I mean, that's all, that's all he does. All he I mean, does. That's, that's his expertise. Um, another consideration, would you say, Mike, is the availability of your doctor, if you wanted to keep your doctor, because a lot of doctors are dropping Medicare patients right now. That's what I meant. That that's, falls under the, what's your coverage? Okay. That, that would be part of that. Yeah. One other comment I would add to this story uh, related to William and his wife. A lot of people don't realize just how hard it is to qualify for Social Security disability. You know, it, it often involves a battle, multiple applications, getting an attorney involved. It, it's simply because Social Security has such a strict definition of what disability is. You know, if you're a professional piano player and you lose a hand, you can't do your job anymore, right? But you may be able to do a job, so you may not qualify for Social Security disability benefits. And that's one of the reasons why you should never count on Social Security to be the only safety net when it comes to you losing your ability to earn a living due to an accident or, or an illness of some kind. So, you know, back when we were walking through the various types of insurance planning you should be doing before the end of the year in an earlier segment, one of the things you should be looking at is uh, reviewing what is the disability coverage that you have in place. Don't rely on Social Security. Final thoughts, closing arguments before we get out of here, guys? I texted Jared. I haven't heard back from him, so hopefully it's public knowledge. <laughs> no, like Kevin said, we're, we're here to help you. So if you listen to this and are overwhelmed or have questions of your own, give us a call. Either submit a question to Wise Money or give, us a, give our office a call or go to corhorn.com. Our office number again, 574-247-5898 and the Wise Money line, 574-222-2000. By the way, congratulations, guys, on getting a sponsor, Ledoux, Curran, and Keen coming aboard. That's pretty awesome. They're Big step great for a good radio We program. love working with them. Yeah, good deal. All right, so once again, wisemoneyradio.com. You can also submit your questions online. You can listen to previous episodes and, of course, learn more about us. But you can also leave your question via voicemail if you prefer, 574-222-2000. So we'll see you next week. Once again, want to thank you for listening to News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. You've been listening to Wise Money with Corn Financial Group. Securities are offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Financial advisors offer advisory services through KFG Wealth Management, LLC, doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC, Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Insurance Agency, and KFG Tax and Business Services are separate entities from Securities America, Inc. Tax services provided by KFG Tax and Business Services and insurance services provided by KFG Insurance Agency. Listen again next week to Wise Money on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel.